0: Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. I am excited. I have Miguel Dean on again, times three. I think that's just an excuse for us to hang out at this point. <laughs> Coming in from the UK. How are you today?
1: I'm um, very well, thank you, Jen. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a you know very reasonable for us to use this tenuous excuse just to have a conversation again
0: yeah which you know we don't have to record every conversation but it's fun to your website is mcgueldean.net everything's in the show notes your your prior uh previous episodes also will be in the show notes but let's talk a lot about the website and what you do and who you are you have podcast videos blogs events let's talk about this stuff
1: Okay, I can talk a little bit about that. Thank you, Jen. Uh, Yeah, there's not a great deal happening on the events front at the moment, uh, as you can imagine, with the the coronavirus stuff. Um, But yeah, my website is migueldean.net and I've been very fortunate really through all this stuff and people, you know, not being able to work and so on. I've I've continued, a lot of my work is one-to-one through video calls, uh, people around the world, there are two strands of that, of my one-to-one work. One is what I call Sacred Union Mentoring, which is about um, balancing the masculine and feminine within ourselves, um, working on, yeah, sort of bringing health and consolidation to the, to the inner marriage, the inner marriage of masculine and feminine that, that, that resides within all of us. When we become complete and whole and wed inside, then we are, A peace and uh, a more loving, comfortable person to be with. And then our relationships with another become kind of like the icing on the cake rather than all steeped in codependency and neediness and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's part of my one-to-one work. And the other strand of my one-to-one work which is happening is, um, well, yeah, I just call it youth mentoring, you know, working with young adults. Um, usually, young men, usually between sort of eighteen and thirty, they seem to be, mm-hmm. for the most part. <coughs> and that's, um, you know, that's often just about being a, a positive, you know, male figure. And there's a lot of young men, a lot of youngsters brought up single parents and so on. So it's just a bit of positive, masculine energy uh, in, in their lives, really. So that's very much what I'm about. And of course, as I reach over, I do a bit of writing as well. And uh, my last book, "Bringing Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. So, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually really taking it easy at the moment, Jen. I'm kind of like in real, with lockdown and everything, I just decided to take it as an opportunity to, to explore, to explore. You know, I, Because we live in a patriarchal society, it's all very much about that, you know, doing and action and outside and effort and push and all this sort of stuff. Now, the other side of the coin, obviously, is the sort of more feminine energy of allowing and surrender and listening and spaciousness and, you know, all that stuff that is needed in balance with the other. But I think my my experience is that we're all a little bit too masculine for the most part. We've kind of got a slant... know towards doing and action and these sort of more masculine qualities so I've taken this opportunity to to drop more into the feminine more into spaciousness more into non-doing more into introspection more into taking it really easy you know rather than because yeah I have interesting experiences with that I call it inner marketing you know, instead of, instead of worrying about, oh my God, you know, what, you know, where is the money going to come from or where are my clients going to come from and, you know, this event's been cancelled and I thought, right, well, if I just drop deeper inside and do some more work on myself and then find another layer of learning to mother myself, then I bring myself more into alignment, then universal energy flows through me more and abundance and everything just manifests like that so that and it seems to be what is happening it seems to i I said at the beginning of may i'd like six new clients and i'm not going to do anything conventional about you know getting more clients you know writing more blogs doing more advertising blah 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 what i'm going to do more of is walking on the land resting relaxing and just going with what feels good being kind meeting people just chatting and you know And so far, I've got four new clients, Jen. We're two thirds of the way through May, and I have two thirds of the clients that I asked to arrive. So this is kind of like a bit of an experiment, really. Yeah, just dropping into the feminine and that, you know, do we have to work really hard? Is that really an outdated paradigm? Do we have to work hard and sweat and tears and push, push, push in order to be at peace or successful? I'm not sure, so I'm exploring an alternative way.
0: I agree. And as we're recording this, it is, it's worth two thirds way through May. So we're in the throes of COVID, which is regardless when this is listened to, if you look at a situation that you have no control of, that might be scary and create anxiety and, uh, you know, all the emotions that are going through people in this situation, regardless of this situation or others to come or others in your life, you know, you can have a death of a parent or an illness. There can be all kinds of things that really flip your world around. And I, I don't love the word self-care because I think it's got some weird negative connotation to it, uh, putting the oxygen mask on yourself. But it's all true. And, um, I like how you talk about it where you drop in. I am totally masculine energy, man. I'm a doer. I want to get things done. Not because I feel like I don't accomplish a lot if I'm not doing that, but because it's hard to do it the other way. And if you stay in your head, it can be very comfortable. I And I've learned about myself. If I say I don't know how to do something. Like, oh, it's my business. I'm redoing my website. I don't know how, like that is, I will, I am, in, am in, in my head and it's a hamster wheel and I will never get through it. Like there is no end in that. It, it is a perpetuation of me staying in my head and not getting the answer. I have to not ask that question. Like I don't know how, but I know what and I know why. And I have to be okay that the path will be shown to me. And that is exceptionally uncomfortable. And it's very feeling. And, um, so like right now, not only are we in the throes of this whole COVID situation, but I am, my website is being moved to a different host, two different hosts. So the place that you dom- you get your domain, that's being switched. And then the host I've used WordPress. I'm not using WordPress anymore. Yeah. This is an interesting thing too. I, and I don't want to say this in a way that is, um, comes across negatively. In this current situation, despite the parts of it that people are struggling with, I wanted to utilize every opportunity that was out there. Mm-hmm. So while COVID's happening, what are what's the silver lining? What are the opportunities? Because I definitely am geared that way. Some of them are financial. So I have kept myself informed on in the US, how can we benefit from this situation in a financial way? Mm -hmm. And everything that I've gotten financially, I've put towards having no debt, the things that create me the most stress. So I've decreased my debt as much as possible. I've decreased my monthly payments as much as possible. And I have hired the things that create stress for me, moving my website. I said, we're moving my website. I didn't say I am because I'm not. (laughs) I have someone, I paid somebody to do it, and it's the first time ever I have been able to do that, that I have been able to allocate money to pay for someone to help me with these things. And so I, I try not to use the word capitalize, capitalizing on every opportunity within this situation. Some of them are emotional support. Some of them are additional podcasts. Um, I was doing the podcast release twice a week, and I was for eight months, and I decided I don't have the bandwidth. So I sent an email out this, the beginning of this week saying, you know, if you were on uh, the calendar and I told you a date, that might change. Mm -hmm. So if I record today, your release will not be until January of 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, you have to drop into that. I can't, the first thing I did was, well, how am I going to decrease the stress? Nope. Instantly that's doing in head. Um, so what's stressing me out and why is that? And how, what, if, if that's my pain point, um, what's the solution to that pain point to decrease that stress? So yeah. I did that with finances as much as I have been able to do so far. I did that in delegating. I've done that in my calendar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, although different from some people where I have less time, cause I'm homeschooling now. And I worked from home. So like nothing's changed for me business wise, except I have less time to do it. in. a lot of people are finding the opposite, more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of that, uh, you ha- you're right. You have to drop in and figure it out. So that's kind of how I've done in the limited time that I have. What are my pain points? What's creating discomfort and stress for me? Mm-hmm. And what can I do? Well, why? First of all, because sometimes when I recognize why something's uncomfortable, like homeschooling, for example, Mm -hmm. um, the answer is not to do it less. The answer is to determine what the reason is. Why is that creating? Why is that a pain point? Why is there stress here? And once you recognize it, diffusing it, the answer isn't always less time. Sometimes it's just massaging other things. So yeah
1: or just reframing it, just seeing it through a different lens. Eh? Yeah. For, yeah.
0: That, for us in the US, for that whole, for parents out there who have to school their kids, we were forced to do distance learning with our kids. We had no choice. And I realized that that felt like something, being forced to do something is not a comfortable feeling for me. I did not want to feel forced Distance learn with my kids, and so I had to think of it as like I'm not forced to do anything, I'm embracing this opportunity to to homeschool, which is something we had just my husband and I had discussed before, we Mm -hmm. hadn't done, and this was an opportunity where we were were able to do that for about a three month period of time and decide if we wanted to continue. And then I was like, Oh, how cool is this? What a great opportunity!
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: so. It, that was a reframing of the situation.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess my big reframe around the whole COVID stuff is, you, you know, because, uh, you know, I see things a lot, Jen, through the lens of the masculine and feminine. <clears throat> and it just seems like, you know, all this information was coming out and so on. And there's all these conspiracy theories and all this different, all this different stuff. And my conclusion was, we can't really work this out with our minds. There's so much information here. This is, you know, it's like, yeah, I can read one load of stuff and go, well, that sounds really convincing. That's what's going on. And I can read another load of stuff that says completely the opposite. And that sounds very convincing. And they've both got scientific evidence to back them up. And this paper and that interview and, and all the rest of it, that it was just a kind of, okay, I can't work this out with my head. Because it's, you know, I could choose a story because the, you see the ego loves, what the ego hates most is not knowing, isn't it? You know, it's like not being in control, mm-hmm. not knowing. So I decided to use it as an opportunity to just take a little bit of power away from my ego and go, okay, Miguel, you're going to be totally in the not knowing. You're just going to accept that you don't know what's going on here. And you're just going to drop into that. And learn to be okay with that and have faith and I guess you know sort of testing is like a deeper test of uh, my own faith and my own belief that everything is divinely orchestrated <clears throat> and everything will work out for the best so all I need to do is just follow my intuition I don't need to know exactly what's going on but I just need to take care of myself and I need to carry on continuing honing and bringing myself back into alignment more and more with what I call the sort of universal principles of love and truth and kindness you know who who we re- really are uh, at our core and just see how that pans out you know S- see what happens with that um and i can't remember whether we would press record or not when 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 i was when i was saying um about the, the my, my clients uh, that my clients are getting more and we started recording then
0: yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yep.
1: yeah. okay yeah so you know it's it's an experiment it's an experiment in how how comfortable can i be with not knowing i don't know where the money's coming from i don't know you know where my business is going um you know i don't know about my you know you know all the stuff about my health and all the the bigger wider stuff what the government are going to pull out of the hat next but my experience is that i've been minimally affected by by the whole thing i actually moved house during the lockdown you know i i moved to to you know move to where i am now in glastonbury and um yeah you know so as you were saying everything's an opportunity isn't it an opportunity this is for me is an opportunity to explore being in the not knowing and just being getting more and more comfortable with that because it seems you know maybe we're going to have to accept that that's going to be more more become the norm because we had this illusion that we knew what was going on, because we were because we watched or listened to the news, but I think it's become very clear that watching, listening to the news isn't, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you're well informed at all. You know, that that whole question has has become rather big, isn't it?
0: Yes, and we don't know moving forward how long this. The, the interesting thing is that we can look at history. There was this flu here in the states in the 1830s. And we have hindsight and retrospect on that because it's over. When you're in the middle of something of anything. I mean this is one situation and yes it's unprecedented and huge. I'm not minimizing that, but I know we've when when my mother-in-law was dying of cancer and staying at my brother-in-law's house and you know you never knew what to expect where she'd be uh, mentally when you came to talk to her. And um, we, w- we had to watch it. I mean, that was an agonizing thing to go through, knowing what the end was. I mean, we were just keeping her comfortable until she died. And so we can go through situations like that. That was unprecedented in my life also. And I didn't know what to expect and I didn't have control. And um, every interaction was completely different and, and uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to see her in pain. It was uncomfortable to see her failing. Um, We go through other situations in life. And so we don't have hindsight or retrospect for this one, like we do other things. And I think that that's probably some of the most uncomfortable for people, like you said, sitting in it. But it's certainly not going to be the last and whether it's this one that continues or comes up again or you know we don't know or if it's going to be something different like my mother-in-law passing away from cancer and watching that happen we're going to be put into situations where we don't have control and it's uncomfortable and and there's lots of different ways to think and feel about it and lots of different information. And and with my mother-in-law with cancer, like how much medication to give her, how much do we want her to be out of it? Where's the balance in keeping her comfortable and having her not emotionally there at all? You know, so it's hard to sit and relax into this. And we talked when we before we recorded about how a lot of people in this situation have lost jobs, which that that discomfort was there are some people having financial hardship. We have, we have things in the U S in place for unemployment and to give money. But like my husband's an essential worker, but his job got cut 60%, not the time, but the money part of it. So he qualified for a supplement for his income, but it's been, I mean, we're, we're over two months in, we're like on week nine or something and Although it will be backdated, that income supplement will be backdated. He hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. So for this, like five, six, seven, eight weeks, you need to figure out how you're going to buy food for your family, right? Okay. And and it's been really tragic for people. Um, so again, not minimizing the situation, but we're waiting. Uh, the same for me. I qualified and I haven't seen anything. So we're blessed that at least we have 40% of his income. We have a percentage of my income. We're able to limp along where other people haven't. And knowing that money is coming doesn't feed your family today. And there are some really uncomfortable things in that there is a gift of time. Mm -hmm. And so, i loved thinking about that well okay you're doing everything you can financially and there are programs and we're i we can't fix it or change it right this second if you've done everything you can do which is a horrible place to be because we want to we want to go do something and fix it right that's masculine i just need to fill out paperwork or stand in this line or do this thing Mm -hmm. um if you've exhausted that and you're in that waiting phase, that opportunity is what can you do with the gift of time? Because that is one gift we can't make more of, we can't get back. And I've had lots of conversations about if you've always wanted to write a book like you have, and I've read your book and reviewed it and it was amazing. But if you, you know, if you've always wanted to write a book now is the time. If you've wanted to do additional training, maybe change your career a little bit or completely now is the time to do that and it's really hard to get past the that that conscious relationship that we're kind of talking about the masculine and the feminine it's really hard to get out of that masculine and sink down and switch gears
1: i think i guess i guess it's going to be you know, harder to, to, for different people. You know, to, to, to varying degrees, uh, it's something that I'm reasonably comfortable with. Um, You know, I, I, you know, all my work is about the balance of the masculine and feminine. So I'd be a total hypocrite if I was just like, you know, Mr. Action, doing, 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 and you know, never, never gave any uh, priority to, to the more feminine energy and stillness and spaciousness. Um but yeah, so I, I think it's different for it's going to be different for different people, but I th- I, th- I think there's been a shift. There's been a shift through the through the coronavirus thing because at the beginning when there was so much fear and we didn't know what was going on and, and there was all this kind of yeah just massively. in Well, my perspective is it seems to be rather overinflated by the media the the fear. But when that happens, it's like you know and everybody got brought down to it. You remember, you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah? Yeah. The the triangle of sort of like, you know, basic needs at the bottom for survival and food and shelter and so on. It's like we we got brought back down to our basic human needs. You know, how am I going to feed the kids? Am I going to be able to pay the mortgage or the rent and so on? You know, it was real. So all our energy was at that real basic level. I think as things have perhaps got a bit, clearer and and we're kind of like you know coming out the other side of of whatever this is then there's the potential to put your energy into creating and you know the new business or the new book or whatever but i think i think a lot of our energy was in this kind of survival mode and this fight and flight this fear mode you know at the beginning of this crisis um and my invitation as i say what i've taken from it is it's an invitation for me to drop more into the non-doing and not to feel that normal pressure of oh i must do something am i using my time constructively it's like we don't know whether the world is going to be the same after this there's a really big deal going on in the world and if it's going on in the world then who knows what's going on in the unseen realms but you know as without so within there's obviously a load going on energetically as well so for me, it was more of a okay. Perhaps this is a time to just drop deeper into this self-care, uh resting. What do you love doing, Miguel? You know, it, what what tops you up? What makes you feel really alive? And, and you know, and, and and interestingly, yeah, that's kind of combined. You know, I I, I gla- lockdown here in Glastonbury is a bit different, I think, to a lot of places. I don't know if you're familiar with Glastonbury, but it's a real alternative it's the, they call it the heart chakra of the world you know there's an amazing um very old site uh glastonbury tour and but uh, you know there are sort of there are, there are full moon parties up on the tour and gatherings and music and you know and magic med- group meditations all out on the land you know under, under the sky so there's stuff going on and i just i've spent a lot of time just exploring the land and being with the great mother uh, you know uh, as i call her but I, I found it's it's led me to having conversations with people, and some of those conversations because I just I'll talk to anybody, you know. In Glastonbury, you've got the sort of real goddessy type, spiritual, pure, you know. Uh, you've got your vegan fascists, you've got your drug addicts, you've got your homeless, you've got you know all the sort of young kids that are just smoking weed and and, and you know tattoos everywhere. You've got all the sort of different melting pot of alternative people but i love i love everybody i like talking to all these people i think that it's all really interesting and in me just doing my thing being on the land being out and chatting to all these different people it's it's you know as a total side product it's benefited my business i've ended up with with clients as a result of just going out there and being kind and, and having a chat with people and and uh, being amongst it sort of thing you know so I'm not quite sure what the point was there or, or quite where we started. <laughs> well, <that's right.
0: laughs> yeah. it, you know, I am the doer. I have a lot of probably masculine energy and I'm not, I I have to struggle with that balance a lot. Mm-hmm. But when all of this happened for me, because I looked at everything as like, well, I do, I tend to look at everything as a silver, what are the silver linings in this situation? Yeah. I've been like that for years. That's how I designed my coaching and my public speaking, it was that I realized I have this skill set where I look at a situation that's potentially really negative. But for me, I am looking at all the silver lining within it. So when this situation happened, like I said, for me, I guess maybe I dropped down more easily than I thought. Maybe I need more stress. I don't know. But my doing was less. And some of that was out of necessity because I was homeschooling. So it was a shift in my priorities. But also, I mean... Usually, like, I need to figure out this tagline. Or what are the colors on my website? Or I need to help do the copy. Like, I need to do these things. And I have asked for a lot more help from people. Yeah, yeah. And when they said, well, I'm busy today. Like, you know, I have no stress in the timeline. There's not a timeline. When, when you have, if you have some insight on, if you do, when it happens, that's the right time. So it has actually got me to slow down, but I do want to address the outside element also that you brought up Um, because I'm a runner. So I go outside and I go running and it's uh, a huge, I mean, physically, it feels great usually to be done, not always during, but to be done, certainly it feels great after you've run. But I also knew years ago, I realized that I never think that I'm angry about things, unless I go running and then I'm like, wow, I'm really pissed about that because you get to process your information differently. And I definitely through my years and years of running, I allowed myself to admit that I am not as passive as I thought I would have told you I was. Oh no, I almost never get angry because I don't recognize it. And I don't allow myself to, that's why, not because I don't feel those things. And so when I was, running less, I had to find, like, I have got to be outside. My brain, my body needs to be outside. And so I decided I have a dog. She's 65 pounds. She's a sweetheart and she needs to be outside also. And so I'm going to walk her every single day regardless. Cause we weren't locked down so much that I couldn't do that. We've got this great, uh, we're in the middle of the city, but we have this great park and it's like a two mile loop and it's dirt and there's cow pastures. It's, it's just so, it's so awesome to disconnect from the city. And I needed to do that every day. And when school shut down, then the, my 10 year old Taven needed to go with me on that. And I think sometimes we forget how important it is to just even sit outside in the backyard. We put up a basketball hoop. We did things differently to make sure we were fostering the ability to be outside differently than you where you're walking around and having conversations, but it's that connection to being outside. It's, it's partially the connection to the outside and partially the disconnection to the, the doing and the needing to. And so it is in our schedule outside time is built into our schedule
1: right yeah yeah it's 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 so important i mean i know there's been a lot of well i've seen yeah some articles and some stuff on social media about you know it seems crazy it's probably the worst thing that you can do is to shut everybody indoors where you know the healthy thing is to go out and you know get fresh air get exercise be outside things are a lot less passed around in that way but there's also you know you know you know i'm a little bit of a an, an aging hippie, you know I like to walk with my shoes off and that you know when I'm, when'm I'm, when I'm on in, in the fields and so on because there is a lot of scientific research you know that talks about the, the Schumann resonance, that you know the 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 vibration of the earth and so on, and that a lot of the electromagnetic things that we've got flying around these days you know sort of affect our natural circadian rhythms and and, and, and that, that bring us back. So when we're barefoot on the earth basically. It just helps bring us back into alignment with nature, you know, and because we are part of nature, we are natural, you know. We, we humans often kind of put themselves above it, or you think, oh, you know, I, I'm not, you know, animals and things out there. That's nature. I, I'm not nature. It's like we are nature. So it just brings us back into alignment with source, and you know, there's no, it's no coincidence that you, yeah, you just nearly always feel less stressed, isn't it, when you come back in from being out you know, as I call it, you know, on Mother Earth and under Father Sky, you know, it's, it's out with our the big cosmic parents kind of thing, taking care of us. So essential for health, so essential.
0: I agree. And I mean, I'm blessed with a nice backyard, but I know that there are people, even if you have a balcony, Mm -hmm. just to sit outside. And so these are the kind of tools and tricks and tips that I want to go over today because we're talking about situations that one, we have no control over and two are stressful, whether Mm -hmm. it's COVID or something else. And the things that you can do to kind of balance that masculine feminine and sink down into it and feel more at peace and for me telling you sunshine holy cow and it wasn't about temperature although i don't like cold temperatures but even in cold temperatures when i was doing this the uh this i was making sure that i went out with the dog every single day i was challenging myself to not miss a day going out with the dog mm-hmm. and um man the weather was terrible it was terrible 25 mile an hour winds it was raining there was snow sometimes um mm. you know it, it wasn't a fun when you look at the weather channel it didn't look like it was an invitation to go outside but i know how much better i felt even in the conditions that were really yeah. not ideal and now that things are warming up mm-hmm. um that's warm sunshine just feeds me somehow. The second I walk into it, I feel like I'm coming home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my, my 18 year old daughter, is graduating this year from high school and she babysits this little girl who just had her second birthday, March, uh, May 15th was her, she turned two and she calls me grandma and I absolutely adore her and she, I have, you know, I have eight grandkids anyway. So she comes, she walks up to me and it's so interesting when we see kids because they don't have social inhibitions. Mm -hmm. So you talking about this reminded me, she comes up and she says, grandma feet. And I know, through figuring this out that that means she wants her socks off mm. so uh, we don't wear shoes in our house right like it, it my policy is like you take your shoes off at the door mm. but um I mean I'm the naked podcaster and <laughs> and that's because I'm bearing it physically so you can bear it emotionally that's a play on words it's it's literal um, But I would probably live somewhere where I didn't wear clothes because it's my personality also. And that's not an exhibitionist statement. That is a, I feel better when there's more of my skin exposed to more of the air and the sun. And this little two-year-old who's like grandma feet, so I pull her socks off, and then she says outside. And she wants to walk around outside in her bare feet. Mm -hmm. And she has questions about it. The grass feels different than the concrete. And... If, you know we i built a sandbox for her because it's very tactile and um you know that kids get it mm-hmm. they just innately want to do what feels good to them and all, all of us adults are like no no keep your socks on why when the world i mean that's just a silly example but if you really look at animals and you really look at children they are uninhibited like why can't i take my pants off in the park i want to run around in my underwear
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all sorts of problems that that, you know, leads to, is not it? The whole uh, inhibitions about our body and body dysmorphia and shame and just the whole thing about, yeah, you know, the sort of taboo. We don't talk about sex and we don't, you know, we don't talk about bodies and we don't, certainly, certainly not those bits. And it, it's like, it's so, yeah, it's just so out of out of sync with the natural alignment really isn't it you know it, it, it always seems to me that if you want health if you you know if you're not sure about what's healthy just look at nature that's why I spend so much time in nature because she's my teacher you know the same as the another Native American uh, you know the, they were the same you know it was like if you observe the seasons if you observe nature if you observe how how it all works you'll learn everything that you need to learn you know that's why I don't read books I i read nature and i and i'm present with nature because it, it's all there everything that we could possibly need is there and and it, you know and it's it's still there now but it, it, for for everybody but in an unconscious way because we we forget that you know these computers these phones everything comes from the earth she provides absolutely everything all the food all the building materials all the fancy clothes all the things that make our cars it's all it's all come from nature, isn't it? So sometimes we just need to kind of like just simplify things a little bit, you know. Simplify, minimize. Yeah. Look what the look what the little children do. Look at look what the animals do. Uh, you know that that brings us back to a sort of optimum health place, really.
0: And I I and we're not encouraging you to all become streakers and exhibitionists and get arrested. (laughs) But, you know, when I'm in my backyard and the sun is out, the first thing that I want to do is move my clothing so that more of me is exposed Mm -hmm. to the sun. If that's naturally my inclination, then I think people just need to check in with their natural inclinations and how things feel to them because it's important to feed that. We can, I can, I have tons of science that I can send you all these articles on what the brain, how the brain changes actually completely changes after 20 minutes of being outside, Mm. completely changes. There's tons of scientific evidence on all of this stuff, but I think for people it's, well, my perspective is, uh, I recognize what the pain points are, what the, what things that are causing me stress and how I can either shift how I, how I look at them, the lens that I look at them or make changes so that they're not as stressful. Mm-hmm. And from there it is what, what am I, what is my body just naturally asking me for time, space, quiet, distance, slowing down, being outside, uh, And then you do it. I think we get our dog shaved and it costs about a $100 and it has to be done every three months. And I, I looked up, they're not clothes. I could bring her in, but this situation, I was like, I wonder how much it would, like, how hard could it be? And so we ordered a pair of clippers that were $60. So I was like, okay, that just paid for itself. Even if I have to buy a pair once a year, it's still that's $60 instead of $400 if we bring her every three months, and I can do it more often. And so I figured out how to shave my dog, which seems silly, but she's 65 pounds and super hairy. And it was a mess and it was a process to figure it out. But I think sometimes like that was a pain point. I didn't want to spend the money or take the time or bring her down or have to do the social distancing or whatever. I wanted to figure out a better, easier way to accomplish this. And so I did. If it had failed miserably, Mm -hmm. then there's always a plan B. It's not like well, now I'm a failure at that. It, it would have just been like, now I know why I bring her in, you know? <laughs> so I really feel like whatever our pain points are, even things silly, like shaving my dog, um, you can find a way to do something differently if we sit down and just think out of the box a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's always a different way. There's always a different way. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've worked very similarly, you know, with, with in my one-to-one sessions and with, with the people that I work with, it's always like, there's always a gift. And it's kind of removing, coming away from the, the sort of mind judgment of this is good and this is bad. What if everything just is, you know? And it's like, okay. So instead of, cause it often happens when I'm, you know, come on a call with my young mentees, you know, young adults that I work with and you know, and they'll say, Oh, well this happened that was good and this happened that was bad and i'm always like well yeah but what if they what if what if the bad thing is actually the good thing because when the bad thing there's an opportunity to learn there just because it's uncomfortable we call it bad and it's like to be avoided but what if we actually put some focus on that and go okay well so what's the, just as you're talking about jen if we give a little bit of energy to it and go okay what's the gift here you know how do i reframe this what is life Uh, What is the opportunity in this situation that's taking place at the moment? It seems to be a a Much better way of of living our lives, but we've been sort of conditioned to a large extent to avoid Uncomfortable things and to try and get more of the comfortable things and the, the nice things But life is about embracing both, isn't it? You know, you have to have you can't have happiness without sadness, you can't have you know up without down, you can't have masculine without feminine. So the more we embrace it all, the, the more at peace we are and the less energy we have to put into trying and avoiding the uncomfortable stuff and moving towards the comfortable stuff all the time.
0: I think reframing is an excited, exciting mm-hmm. state of mind when you have those situations where you think, wait a minute, mm-hmm. um, I actually find that really, exciting and i like to be but i like to introspect though that is it my attitude or the lens that i'm viewing this as or is there a solution that could make this fun and more comfortable or is this just a space that i need to lean into being uncomfortable Mm -hmm.
1: um
0: i think it's exciting to figure out you know as soon as this this covid situation happened i was like wait a minute there's got to be some serious opportunity within this and so if it's that uncomfortable there's got to be an equally uh, elevated level of opportunity and i think that there really is but you definitely have to look at it that's that's exciting and when the news happened you know my husband's more the person that is he has his opinion, but he really sinks into the news. And I just looked at him. I, I made a comment. He said, wow, I'm surprised you made a comment about this situation. And I said, it's not that I'm uneducated. Is that I, I refuse to sink down into that line of thinking I'm not going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. so i think it's possible to be educated about situations and make decisions and have opinions without being sucked down this weird rabbit hole because i know where the rabbit hole goes it goes to stress and anxiety depression for some people uh, a feeling of overwhelm i don't want that's not where i want to be so it is possible to expose yourself and be educated but looking at it from a distance so that you can make a determination on what your opinion is and how you feel, but I'm using all of that information to look at opportunity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we get into this conspiracy worst case scenario and what if and what if and what create the story in our minds, not just of what's happening, but what could happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like to be in the story I create in my mind. It's not a happy place. So uh, instead, I think it's exciting to look at, to become educated, but do it more peripherally And then look at it from a place of, so there's got to be, if there's a lot of discomfort, there's a lot of opportunity and Mm -hmm. to kind of dissect that. That's much more fun to me, but also I found a lot of opportunity. And um, in every situation, you know, when my mother-in-law had cancer, it was uncomfortable to talk to her. And there was one time... Uh, I knew, I knew I needed to, even though it was uncomfortable. And there was one time she had this whole conversation where I think she had one foot on the other side and she was projecting a potential future. And she said, I know my son is really difficult sometimes and it's going to get worse, but you need to hang in there because I promise you it will be worth it. And I was like, I'm out. I need to get out of this room right now. This was, I do not want to have this conversation, you know? And she's like, no, you, you, and I said, um, I'm looking for the escape route. (laughs) Where's the hole I can drop into? And no one was around. And I said, um, and she said, I know that you don't want to hear this, but you need to listen to me. And I thought, Oh my gosh, she's doing that thing where maybe it's the morphine. <laughs> and I, it was very, very difficult to, for me to st- sit in that seat and stay there and just listen. And I could have just thought oh, these are the ramblings of a crazy woman who's on a lot of morphine and is dying of cancer. But I didn't. I took it as an opportunity to maybe get some insight from someone who was in a different place than I was that could offer me something that i needed later on Mm -hmm. so we have to drop in and it's really uncomfortable
1: it it can be yeah it it, it, well it yeah it's not that uncomfortable for me but but you know it's different for everybody but and that's because it's been my practice you know for a while and it is because i guess it's pretty much uh is it the ultimate sort of underpinning belief that you know that i that i live from is that everything is divinely orchestrated and that everything is happening for my highest good and just because it's uncomfortable you know just the same as you doesn't mean that there isn't some silver lining there's something uh, an opportunity uh, you know benefits stuff to be learned learned from it so yeah yeah i mean you know i i, th- I think a part of it is as well that, that what's happened with the whole covid stuff is you know in a way it it's made everybody have to be come into contact a little bit more with the ultimate taboo in our society which is death you know what is the thing that makes most people uncomfortable you know it's like you know, they say you know we don't we, we don't talk about it it's we, we especially in western society you know we're hopeless at it you know the, the grieving the talking about it the being open about it etc so it's kind of everybody is all of a sudden everybody has been a lot closer you know that this thing that we keep which which i believe yeah, to a large extent we keep so busy so that we avoid the fact that you know that we're going to die that, that we forget about it that actually this this existence is so fragile and so temporal and and you know and over in the blink of an eye that you know there is this deep fear of Oh my God! You know what's what's the thing we have least control of? Death. It's, you know, it's pretty much the, the the only thing you know that that we that we can't avoid, and uh, death and the weather. I guess you know we don't seem to have much control over that. Although,
0: yeah, yeah. the
1: conspiracy theory stuff and the chemtrails and all that. Perhaps we do have control over the weather. I don't know. But yeah, you know, it, it's it's an opportunity to drop into the not knowing and, and to because it's the ego that always wants to know. higher self the you know the 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 consciousness is 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 doesn't need to know it it, you know it it doesn't need to know so i just saw it it as an opportunity to just take a little bit more power away from the ego and just drop a little bit more into into faith and and into walking my talk of everything's divinely orchestrated so why are you going to get your knickers in a twist miguel and start getting really panicky and stressy you know about money and and, and I have the evidence to back that up. You know, for 12 years I've been working for myself and I always have enough. Like I've always been taken care of. I'm not a rich person financially by, you know, and perhaps I'm probably a very poor person financially by most people's standards. I don't have a mortgage. Uh, I don't have a, you know, I don't own a house. I don't own anything really, you know. I, I live hand to mouth. But it's, it's a totally stress once you get into and you can drop into the okay i don't need a big lump of money the you know stashed away just in case sort of thing once you get used to okay if i look back over the 12 years i've always got enough when my overheads go up my earnings go up and when my overheads come down my earnings come down it's like i'm just creating this reality for myself that i always have enough i never have a load of surplus but i always have enough so this experience has been you know really interesting from from that perspective you know can i totally be at peace with i really don't know where the money's coming from i don't know what my business is going to look like i don't know you know how i'm going to make ends meet but i'm going to follow my heart and i'm going to do what nourishes me and i'm going to do what feels in alignment with who i am and honoring myself and taking care of my needs because the outside world is just in reflection of the inner state of me if my marriage inside is really good then my life is really good if everything's all muddled and trauma and all mixed in and wounded in a child's all playing up inside then that will manifest in my external experience
0: i'd like to use the last few minutes that we have together to really Um, dive a little bit deeper into conscious relationship with yourself and how people can do this because it is uncomfortable. And I actually noticed that in this situation, it's not as difficult as I before COVID. If you had just said, Jen, how difficult is it for you to do this? I would have said, Oh my gosh, it's so difficult for me to drop in. And when this situation happened, I realized, No, it's not. I mean, I may make it more difficult for myself sometimes, but it really isn't. My resistance is what makes it more difficult um so i want to talk about that and i also want to i'm going to make a comment about manifesting and you can address it because manifesting for me was it was always been very, it was very confusing i think it's better for me now but so this is my perspective you think about the life you want and you made me think about this just now with the, I have enough for what I need. You think about what you want or what you want it to look like. And I would like write a list because that's my brain. I'll write a list of like, I want this many clients or I want to make this much per month or what, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who said, you can't, the universe wants to give you what you want, but you are confusing the hell out of it because you're not very specific in what you want and why you want it. And it's more important to think about it from how will it feel when you're in that place instead of, I want to check this box and to check this box. And you know what? I'm going to change my boxes and how they're checked. You can't keep putting stuff out into the universe like you're checking boxes and writing a grocery list. And you can't change it all the time because then the universe like, look, I like we'd like to give you something, but we're totally lost here. We're completely confused. So I was really good about doing it in a way that came from my head and, and changing my mind. So I was just, the universe was like, We're, we give up. We can't give you anything. We have no idea what you want. And I wasn't thinking about how it would feel to be in that place.
1: hmm I know that. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm no expert on this stuff, and you know, as, as everything, I just like I'm I'm a super experiential learner. I just like to play and explore, and you know, and check things out for myself. And you know, if somebody else has written about it, it's like well, that's not good enough for me, you know. And that's just their opinion. That I, you know, what about my experience? But I do. It does sort of like that. There is. I have heard a lot about. <laughs> that yeah that you have to get into the feeling that you that that you get you get into the feeling of, of what it will feel like to have it and it's like not what what will it feel like it, it you have to do everything in the present don't you when you write it and whatever it's uh, you know i am this this is happening now not to put it in the future so that i think that that that, that does make sense like you know just kind of kind of getting everything in alignment really, isn't it? The feeling and the words and the thoughts, you know, if you're thinking about them, but the feeling isn't connected, then it's not going to be such a sort of aligned kind of energy, uh, uh, I suppose. But, I, but m- my suspicion is that something that doesn't get, I don't know, you know, something that doesn't get talked about an awful lot is that what you ask for, you need to believe that you are worthy of it. There's something about that, you know, that alignment, because I know that my abundance has grown as my self-worth has grown, almost sort of incrementally, you know, I can see the self-worth sort of moving this way. And if they, you know, if it was like a line graph, they would both be sort of parallel with each other as, as self-worth grows, then uh, abundance and, and, or or just, and, you know, we're not just talking about money, but, you know, abundance of health and friendship, of, uh, you know of all sorts of different things, but I, I my suspicion is that there is a strong correlation, and the you know and the self worth thing is you know it's, we need to remember that the whole iceberg metaphor you know that our conscious mind is just the little bit of the iceberg showing above the water, our unconscious mind is the massive piece of ice that 's beneath the, the water, and that 's where all our programming and our real self worth you may be able to say with our head oh, yeah, I think I'm great. I think I'm, you know, I'm I'm really sorted and I'm really happy with myself. But deep down, you know, there may be very different programs running that people with not great self-awareness might not even be aware of, you know. So there is definitely something around the manifesting, a connection with what you feel you believe that you are worthy of. And maybe, yeah, last point, the... That what you ask for needs to be in alignment with your highest good, which is, if it's your highest good, then it needs to be the universe's highest good as well. And I guess maybe that's even to the extent that, okay, well, you know, you manifest a load of money, that you need to have a load of money and realise that it doesn't make you happy and actually a load of money can actually make you more stressed and, and more miserable. You know, maybe that was what you needed in order to uh, be your best version of yourself yeah so it's a yeah it's an ongoing experiment uh jen it's an ongoing experiment this manifestation stuff so uh but yeah you know it, it this time has been has been big has uh, been a big opportunity um, around that for me because it has been this okay i'm not going to do more i'm going to do less i'm going to honor myself more and I'm, let's see what happens with the abundance and quality of life and what's that you know how it how it how it moves so far it's working you know i'll, I'll uh I'll, I'll i'll keep you updated
0: yes yes absolutely thank you so much for being on and going over this i love talking about the relationship and sinking in this has been so fun
1: mm, yeah absolutely absolutely we're never quite sure where 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 it's going to go but it it goes where, where where it needs to and 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 yeah you know there will be people that need to hear this, that that need to hear this conversation that, that that will benefit from it you know it's uh it's divinely orchestrated as well yeah thank you thank you